Now bring that bass up, Jerry. Keep playing. Welcome back to another episode of BC Banter Podcast. Here's your host, Brett Ryder. Episode 20, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast, hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, Pete Collins, and Andrew Haas. Also, BC Hoop superfan Steve Peralt is here, and we're going to dig into the history of Boston College basketball. We're also going to trade some personal fandom stories surrounding the program, um, go over kind of how we're feeling about the current team, and of course... We're going to talk some socks because how could you not when you have the host of the unofficial show of the Boston Red Sox? But first, a word from our sponsors. (laughs) Psych! Very special show, actually. Um, You guys have been asking. uh, Now you guys shall receive. We have our very first guest in program history. Uh, Our guest today oversaw MLB coverage for Bleacher Report. Uh, Section 10 co-host and producer, senior producer of MLB content for Audacity. Uh, He hosted a podcast over there, but more importantly, he is the current producer and host of the ITM podcast, the realest guy in the room, Mr. Steve (laughs) Peral. (laughs) I'm excited to be here, man. I I appreciate that intro, really covered all the bases there. Um, But yeah, I love BC Hoops and that's a thing that's almost sometimes embarrassing to say. A, a lot of people are like, you love Boston College basketball? I'm like, yes, I always have. And this year they've given us a couple of things to be excited about. So I'm I'm glad to be on here talking BC Hoops. That that makes me so happy because like, you know, obviously Pete here, Haas here, like we all love BC too. We have like a little group chat. And it's just kind of like half the time I'm thinking, does and like does anyone else give a crap about this team? <laughs> Um, then you go on Twitter and you see all these burner accounts of people are just wiling out. Um, and that was like, when I seen, when I seen you put the tweet up about Clemson and I, I, a bunch of the people that I follow too, all these burner accounts are, are hitting you up. Like, Oh my God, like Steve, Steve, one of them's like, is Steve a sicko? Uh, (laughs) so my, my first question. No idea. No clue what that means. I saw it was the first, what does that mean? (laughs) I don't know what that means. I got you. I got you right here. So I, I pulled I pulled the definition off the uh, Web- Webster's uh, Twitter dictionary. So it's a group of depraved Boston College basketball fans <laughs> <laughs> embracing the sickos lifestyle since two thousand one. Um, so basically, it's just we're we're sick in the head. We're we're just nutcases for following this team, for loving this team as much as we do. And and the the key word here, depraved. I love that part. Because yeah. we are we are depraved. That sums it up. Also, I'm glad that it's 01 because I was gonna say that's the first year I really like started caring about this team was 2001. So, um, that's actually fitting. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely a sicko. I couldn't. I feel Let's like I couldn't go. be more of a sicko based off Let's of that go. description. I don't know if I love I love that word to be like that's who I am. But um, no, I'm. I mean, it's. Depraved is so true. It it really is sad when you look back at some of these BC teams. I'm really talking the last decade. Um, 
about how little they've given us. And like, I know we might get into BC football. I don't really care as much about BC. It was always BC basketball for me. Like I really always cared about BC hoops football. I mean, you know, you had Matty ice and you had a couple of moments, but uh, for the most part, BC football is great at going like eight and four or seven and five and playing the who cares.com bowl. So like that's just rinse and repeat every single year. But BC basketball, like I, I grew up in like my childhood was like the nineties, early thousands. And so I cared so much about BC before I ever even thought about going to college. Like it wasn't, I, I cared a lot about the team before, like, you know, any of the, the essays you had to write or any of that crap. It wasn't about going to be, I didn't even go to BC, which a lot of my friends are like, you care way too much about BC basketball for having not gone to Boston college. <laughs> and I'm, I think that's fair. But at the same time, my passion for BC hoops was built when I was like 10 years old. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I had to, I know a lot of people go to the school and then you kind of embrace it. Um, which I've seen more fans there this year. I think Syracuse was a sellout, which is awesome. But no, overall, it's it's been, you know, I, I grew up on Troy Bell and, um, you know, Dudley a little bit later, Craig Smith, uh, Hennant, like Sean Marshall, Sean Williams, all these guys, Tyrese Rice, that were like so, they mattered so much for BC fandom and just putting Boston College on the college basketball map and mattering. That's why it makes this last decade depressing where it's been completely irrelevant. You know, if you don't have made the tournament since what? Oh nine. I mean, it's really getting bad. Um, but if anything, you know, then to flip it around again, it's like, that's why this season's actually been kind of fun, even though they're under 500 because of some ridiculous losses to what New Hampshire, Maine. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't be losing to other States in new England. That's just, right. unless it's Yukon. That's the only one that's acceptable. Um, <laughs> you know, you take some of those away and you, you get that infuriating Duke loss out of here and, and flip that into a win. And, you know, I think we're talking about a, a, a different scenario, but even all things considered, I've still enjoyed this season. It's funny when you look at the Maine and Duke loss, like you say, because my father, who's like the biggest hater, I think he just likes the hate on me. He's like, he's like, what, what is this? The hockey East BC basketball playing in the hockey East now. And I'm like, all right, like I get it, you know, but then, but then like we were just talking before they lost the Syracuse and that's probably the first time in seven to 10 years where I really sat back and was like, damn, I really wanted that game. I know. I know. It's been so like apathy has set in with this program for so long where it's almost just like you sit back and you're like, ah, yeah, well, they just lost by 21 or, you know, they lost the Duke by one. And there's, there's no real sense of like, not, not that there's not pride in it, but you almost expect them to lose so that, when they do lose, you're like, yeah, well, that was going to happen. But the Syracuse game was the first time in probably 10 years, honestly, probably since that 019 where I was like, damn, like I really wanted that game. I really thought we could have won that. The other well, sad part is I, I wish 09 was 10 years ago. That's that's what sucks is that like it's been, what, 14 years? <laughs> since Don't remind made, me. Like, how, <laughs> I graduated how old, then. How old are you guys? 32. Same. Oh, so we're the, we're the same age. 30. Yeah. So, oh, we've—I thought you guys were a little younger. So I'm glad. I'm actually glad we're around the same age because we've experienced the same pain. Oh I, yes. This is. Yes. Like. Yes. That—that's what sucks because, like, so I, I'm actually curious. Now I'm just going to become the interviewer here. Of who course. Were the, who were the guys that you grew up on though? Like, who were, who was your favorite player? Let's say in like the thousands for for BC hoop. Um, undoubtedly Troy Bell, Troy and then. And then Craig Smith, actually, like from that Sweet Sixteen team, my favorite player was Lewis Hennett. Oh, he was um, great. He was my coach at, at BC basketball camp. At, he would coach Lou. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, that that's like, like that. Those are the guys, and 
and what sucks is that you look back at it and it's like, wow, these were they played in meaningful games. And, and mm-hmm. Troy Bell's out here winning the the Big East tournament. Big East tournament growing up was like the biggest deal in the world. Now it's, I mean, credit to the Big East for still surviving and kind of mattering, but it's not like it was like, it was nothing like rushing home from school and watching the Big East tournament. That was the, the best thing that whole week. If I'm not mistaken, it was like Monday on, unless it started Tuesday, maybe it started Tuesday, but like, that was like the entire week was the Big East tournament was the most important tournament. Now I guess it's, I don't even know what it is. Maybe ACC. I, I think I, it still is the Big East, honestly, just because of the aura of Madison Square Garden. I mean, I yeah, yeah, I can't think of any other conference tournament that really has that kind of same aura as MSG does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. no Syracuse, no BC in there with you know UConn and the likes of Georgetown being really good back then. Like, obviously, it has changed, but I still think I still think it has it. Yeah, no, I I got to cover. It was ten years. I think it was the twenty thirteen Big East tournament. It was one of the last that was like still with a lot of teams, you know, before some teams uh, uh, left the conference. And you're totally right, because, like, the the atmosphere, the environment, it just mattered so much more. The fact that it's yeah. at MSG, it's, like, literally in the heart uh, of New York City, uh, which really blew my mind, by the way. I never really knew that was the case, I think, until I covered this tournament, because I'd been to, you know, Times Square and all that. You do that as a kid, and you, you get those trips out of the way. But MSG is, like, in basically in Times Square. It, you could walk from Times Square to MSG, which is insane. But saying that to say that like that energy is just ever present there and the fact that it's been there, there's history and, you know, you go down and you think of like Jerry McNamara and Kemba and all these guys that have had moments there dating back to Allen Iverson and the, yeah. the, the history of the Big East was incredible. So I don't know. I mean, the, I remember, you know, we were probably around the same age, like 15 or so when BC switched over to the ACC and. I remember my dad being like, it's one of the worst decisions they could ever make. Like leaving (laughs) the Big East is one of the dumbest things they could ever do. And it sucks that it's like totally true. (laughs) Like it's totally like turned out to be true. I don't feel all these teams must come to Boston College and be like, what the hell is this? Like in terms of atmosphere and whatnot, you're coming from a a game at, at Chapel Hill or you know, at Cameron. And then it's you're going to BC where they and and luckily a lot of these games have been on TV. But you'll mm-hmm. see on ACC Network, it's the same three, you know, clown students that are in the front <laughs> row, like "Let's go!" and like there's no one else, you know, in this in the frame. It's just these guys. But and then all these colleges, Boston alumni that show out. I mean, there's so many Boston alumni for all these schools, and it's like, oh, perfect, a home game for us. Great, we'll go check it out. <laughs> yeah, and some of these people that you know, even Duke fan, right? I think of Duke for that game because it's always blue and Conti Forum for that. It's mm-hmm. like it's cheaper for somebody to fly up from Raleigh game instead of trying to get into Cameron Indoor. Yeah. That's yeah. the closest they're going to get to seeing Duke that year, most likely. No, I know. And that, I mean, don't even get me started on that game. That was such a pain in the ass. It, uh, they, <laughs> you can't, you just can't lose, like, I, I'm kind of all over the place. And so I know we got topics, but I'm just jumping around here. No, nah, you're um, good. Let's just roll with it. Yeah. So host kind of drives me nuts and it sucks because he's our best player. Be right? careful, he's so, my favorite player. No, yeah, it, it, weird, weirdly <laughs> enough, I think he's my favorite and least favorite player. Is that, is that even interesting? Possible? It's possible, um, it's possible because, well, like, he he complains way too much. First off, it's yeah. like he's never committed a foul, and I, I think that's the thing with big guys. They're like, God, I'm getting I'm getting hit in the back, I'm this is a pain in the ass, and now you're calling a foul on me. I think it's just like the nature of the position, but he's I forget the sequence of events that happened in the end of that Duke game, but there was. I think he misses a rebound 
and that and then fouls and then Duke takes the lead on those on those free throws and then misses a layup or something. I'd have to go back and watch the the highlight. But he did like five things that were just infuriating in the last like two minutes of that game. Last two minutes, by the way, took like 20 minutes of real time because they were at the monitor every two seconds. I'm like, this is so bad for this game. But um, if we're to look at one this year, I mean, put Maine and New Hampshire, you know, the crap losses early early in the season you don't even know who you are and i think the the bc and teams that we... they were still hurt too like i don't think yeah. Demar played in those games um there was someone yeah, else who didn't play in those no games. qp yeah. yeah no qp yeah, and, so, yeah. And, and you and you don't know really what your team is yet right especially with mm-hmm. bc when you get these transfer guys so you, you gotta have time to to play in the whatever the honolulu tournament they, they have some new like island tournament every year paradise. season <laughs> there yeah yeah paradise tournament but um yeah i just think that that's why the earlier losses are always a little more explainable, but the Duke one, it's like, oh man, I was, they had that game. Like it was, I know it was kind of back and forth, but it just felt like if they, like they, it felt like they deserved it for how this season has gone. Like they deserved all the effort they put in for that to result in a, a Duke win, even though I know this isn't the same Duke team. Um, but that one kind of sucked. That one, that one hurt. Especially the way they lost at the end too. I know. That was just like, they had keep, splash yeah. a three in our face. I know. I keep telling myself this that this team is still learning how to win. Yeah. They they're in 80% of these ACC games. Right? No one's really blown them out minus Wake Forest at home. Maybe Virginia on the road. You can call that a blowout, I guess. But they've been in all these games. And when it comes to like the second half and some of those critical plays where you need somebody get a bucket or make a big stop. It just seems like the ball's not bouncing our way on some of those. And Mm -hmm. they're still just, they're learning how to win, I guess is the way I'd sum it up. Yeah. And I I think one of the hardest parts is that they don't have post is kind of the only guy that they're like, when they need a bucket, they give it to him. And even that it's always kind of a coin flip. I think he's had some games where I'm like, this guy really has like beast potential. Like he can really, He can own an opponent that a BC big man hasn't been able to in a long time. And it sucks because he's a senior, right? Is this not nah, junior? Is he's a no, junior? he he no, he is a senior, but well, I think he has eligibility. a COVID year. Okay, oh, he so he has another year of eligibility. Okay, right, um, right, right. The COVID thing makes it so you can just be in college. I know. Like 30. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, isn't like the Georgia kicker like 33? I don't know. It, it's all it's all ridiculous. Like, but dude, um, go get a job immediately. I know. I know. <laughs> like, start a family, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> but I mean, props to you. If you got eligibility, do it. But it is a little weird. Uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I just I just think it's, you know, we we look back at some of these other BC teams, right? With, with Dudley, Tyrese Rice is a great example of a guy that could get a bucket. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Uh, Jerome Robinson, like these guys are bucket getters that if you have one at BC, you feel lucky because these guys normally go to Duke. They normally go to UNC. They go to NC State, Wake Forest. They go to these other schools. And when they get the guy that was a little less recruited and, and, and Kai Bowman, you know, that had something to prove. It's like, yeah, we, we, I feel like we rally around those guys more than these other schools rally around their guys because they get those guys every year. We, right, we yeah. don't get these guys yeah. every year. So when you get one, you're like, yes, like this is our this is our guy. But you look at the team stats for Boston College and they're like the worst offensively in the conference. I don't count Louisville because <laughs> Louisville's so bad um, that and they 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 just played Louisville. Right. They, I feel like I was they nervous they to lose that game. Yeah, yeah, they struggled. yeah, they they end up winning by 10. But that was that was way too close um, yeah. for a team that's terrible. But if you look at any of the offensive stats in the ACC, um, 
you know, excluding Louisville, BC is the worst in the conference. And it feels like it, right? Because they don't have mm-hmm. enough guys that can score. They have too many times where five or six minutes go by with no points. Um, and you give them credit because defensively, they're I, I think they're one of the better ones in the conference. And statistically, they're probably around the middle middle of the road in the conference. But they grind, they grind defensively, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, stats, then don't it, me- stats don't measure heart or toughness. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. They got the That's best right. heart in the league. Um, <laughs> but no, if you put them, you know, what was that game against Clemson? That if you <laughs> if you want to watch some ugly basketball, that second half was so hard to watch there. Mm-hmm. I think there might've been seven minutes where neither team scored. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? But you know, you give BC credit cause Clemson at the time. And I don't know if they still are um, the top team in the conference, but they, you know, 20th in the nation and had a couple guys that can, that can get buckets and BC held them scoreless for, I think they missed like 17 straight shots. It was ridiculous. But uh, all that to say, it's, it just sucks when your team doesn't have a Kai Bowman or a Tyrese rice or a yeah. Dudley, Cause it's so apparent when you don't have it. And this team doesn't really have it. I think my biggest like disappointment. And I, I think it's due to injuries is DeMar Langford not taking the jump. Cause me and Pete talked about it before the season where they needed, you know, they have the core of the team back from last year and they needed yeah. that one player to really take a jump. And I really thought it was going to be DeMar. Um, now granted he has been hurt. And I think even when he plays, he hasn't been 100%. So I think that that attributes to the reason to his regression. Like, I don't think it's the fact that he's overmatched or anything, but they really haven't had that player that's been able to like really take that jump. Quinton Post, sure, absolutely. But they need two of them now. And I think the other player who really hasn't taken that second year leap is uh, Jay-Z, Jaden Zachary. I was really hoping because if you look, he's averaging about the same, but his shooting percentage is down. So he's taking more shots. He's not really scoring more. Um, So I was hoping for more. And I think that in terms of being able to get better, like that's what it's going to take. Like who's going to be that player? You know, maybe it'll be Prince next year. Maybe Donald Hand when he comes back from an injury. You know, maybe it's just Quentin Post just continuing to rise up. But they really. Yeah. Who, I'm, on Chaz the Chaz, I'm on the Chaz Kelly train. I'm on his train because I just think he's such a raw talent and he's forced to play right now with the DeMar injury that mm. once he gets, you know, once he gets mm. some skills under him or some years, and sure, he'll be much better. Chaz Kelly's funny to me because he, and there's a lot of these guys in college, they'll make one bucket and they're doing all the signs. Like he's like, <laughs> he's like praising God. He's like shooting the guy with an arrow on the, he's on the opposing swag. bed. That no, was a big got... three that he bagged. That was a big three. He made a great layup too. And he was running Dude, down the court on, pound in his chest. Comes off the bench, gets cues, hits a huge three and he's doing all the signs. And it's like, all right, mm-hmm. man, like let's spot, let's spot the breaks a little bit. You average two points a game, but I, I do like him that you, you need that, right? Like if you, yeah. if you don't yeah. have that confidence, yeah. a little attitude, especially in the ACC, like you're, yeah. you're going to every team you're going to play has better recruits than you have on your mm. team. So um, I do like that, but there are times where I'm like, let's bump the brakes a little bit. You know bit, who dude. likes to pound their chest is Prince. I love Prince's I know. attitude. He gets yeah, no, the crowd going. He does. He really does. I, I think in the Syracuse game, I'm always the guy that's like, all right, now let's watch out now, guys. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Cause I think they have like a two point lead and he's doing like the, you know, it's eight minutes left. I'm like, let's relax. But, um, I mean that dunk that alley oop was insane. Oh, I didn't know he had. Thunderous. I knew he could jump, but that was like that. He got go, go way up there. Yeah. Oh my god! I feel like he was in the middle of the backboard. It was like 
because that that pass by uh by Zachary, I'm like, no way he's getting that. <laughs> he's not, this is that thing's way too high. And he just comes soaring in. So Prince has you know legitimate talent. Um, and I I want to see him get a little better uh shooting wise. You know, it is mm-hmm. his field field goal percentage isn't great. Um, it's not like that's probably why they got him. I mean, they got him because he's a guy that can can be physical and you know has hops and and has passion and cares. I do like that with Grant that he recruits guys that that go 200% every game. And, yeah. and that he's he's kind of building that that culture of hey, we're not going to have, you know, necessarily the top recruits in the ACC, but we're going to have guys that play harder than your guys and mm-hmm. you kind of need that when you're averaging whatever it is like 68 points a game. Well, that's why I think like with Prince and McLaughlin, those are two guys that I think would have been perfect on Al Skinner's teams back in the day, especially McLaughlin. Like those yeah. dudes just play their butts off. They yeah. just, it's like, that's Prince, what you doesn't want. Doesn't Prince seem like a Skinner recruit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really, well, he, he's he from does. Minneapolis. He's from Minneapolis, just like Troy Bell. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, they they both, you know, give it all their effort and and really play as hard as they possibly can. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it really does suck, right? When you talk about some of these guys like Troy Bell and and some of the guys who grew up on, it's like, wow, they're just so they're so far from that team. I remember just looking up, you know, before hopping on here, because I, I think, you know, we we obviously follow a good handful of teams and and obviously I put all my chips really in the in the Sox basket, but it's it, it's funny when you get reminded of things that you like thought were true, but then it's like, oh right, that actually was true. Because in my head, I'm like, wait, BC had a season where they started 20 and 0, right? Yeah. Like, no, that can't be. I'm like, that can't yes. be right. And I look back, I was like, oh right, that did happen. Like in 04, yep. <laughs> 05, they didn't lose. It was actually like today. February 8th, lost in 2005. Notre Dame. Yeah, yep. by like three. And that was their first loss of the season. It, it took until February 8th in yeah. 2005 for them to record a loss. So that yeah. that was crazy too that season because I remember they played Syracuse at home and that was when Syracuse had Akeem Warwick and yeah. um, what's his name? Jared Dudley just dunked on him and 15 year old me was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I can't like believe in, it. Like in my parents' basement, my mom's like, Are you all right down there, Brady? <laughs> <laughs> it's Dudley, Ma. It's Dudley. But I I just miss, you know, and it's it's a classic BC fan thing to do to say you miss the the old days. But like it's easy Craig Smith. Craig Smith was like, I love Craig Smith so much. Like they they would run mm-hmm. an offense that like the Skinner offense obviously wasn't flashy. It was the exact the opposite. Flex. Yeah, the flex dude. Like that was it was just fun to watch because you knew that it could translate to like big games. Mm-hmm. And, and it's why I hate playing Syracuse. Cause it's like, this zone is such a pain in the ass, but BC was committed to the flex and it's like, all right, here you go. I'm going to be on the post. I pass, I screen. There's always mm-hmm. movement. And it was, it really was a grind, but you could tell opposing teams were just sick of it. They didn't want to, they didn't yeah. want to play that. It's like, I don't yeah. want to, God, I'm getting picked again. And all right, you go. And it's just like, they're just yeah. sick of it because these guys are used to playing these, these ACC games that are up and down and um, kind of freestyle. And Skinner was like, Nope, we are, we are going to yep. run this offense, slow the game down. And that's yep. why buckets felt like they mattered so much more back then. Cause it, the game was just lower scoring. That's why when they first moved to the ACC, that's why they were so successful at first. Like yeah. they went to the ACC championship game and lost to Duke that year. Um, yeah. And when they were playing these teams, they were a half court offense. They would just 
bring the ball up the floor, set up their offense, start running screens and get buckets that way. And a lot of people in the ACC, which, you know, obviously it's all running gun full court uh, type of offenses. They didn't know what to, they didn't like, they didn't like having Craig Smith down there, like bodying you at the block. They're like, Oh, we don't want this. You know, like Sheldon Williams, like scared of them. I know. Well, BC was so much more physical in those teams and they they would just bully them around. They were. And I think a lot of these ACC teams are like, why the hell did we let them in the conference? (laughs) Like, this is not, this is not a sexy style of basketball at all. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that ACC championship because I we we were at church, so I had to like tape the game, and mm-hmm. I, I caused the whole fit that morning about you know because I think the game was at noon or something. I, yeah. I think it was a noon start. Yeah, and going up against what JJ Redick and and some of those guys and Sheldon uh, Williams. Yep. Yeah, Sheldon Williams, one of and the and Greg the, Greg Paulus too. Oh my God, I hated I hated Paulus. <laughs> the that worst. guy sucked. He the was worst. such a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> but they and they also Paulus was such a Duke guy. Like he's yep. the classic, like act like you just got shot in the head for, you know, trying <laughs> yep. to get a charge. Um, but no, that, that game was such a pain in the ass because they, they had that one too. I don't want to say they had, that was kind of a coin flip game, but like, it just felt like they could have won it. And a couple key possessions don't go your way down the stretch. And I know Henning got a chance at a three there, even though it was kind of deep. And yeah, that, that was, that was tough, but it was still nice to have, like, it was kind of like a pound your chest moment, right? It's like BC basketball yeah. is here, not just in the conference. We're not just going to be like a, yep. A top five team in the conference. We're going to challenge Duke in the championship game. Like that was pretty crazy. And our first year too. I know. I know. No, I, I'm sure a lot of folks did not like that. <laughs> like this is, we don't want to have to, we already have to worry about all these, you know, these teams near uh, UNC, Duke, Wake Forest, all these teams. Yeah. Now we got to worry about BC. Like, come yep. on. And that was that, that, so one of the worst, I know I, I, I wrote that for you to answer one of the, you know, worst moments as a BC fan one of mine was in the tournament in the sweet 16 that year. So obviously we come into the ACC, we run through the tournament, lose the Duke, but then we have to face old foe Villanova in the sweet 16. And the way that we lost that game on that goaltending by Sean Williams was so heartbreaking. Like I, that, that, that hurt me like to my core. Like I remember like I had all my friends like over my house were watching the game, whatever. And I remember like going into like my backyard, like by myself and just like sulking there for a minute. I'm like 16 too. And I remember no, I, I admitted it. Like, I remember one of the kids who's at my house, I live with them now. And we're like talking about, we're like talking old times. And I was like, oh yeah. Like, I was like, after that game, I went into my backyard and I cried, dude. My boy looks at me. He was like, dude, we were 16. You cried. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> no, hundred percent. That was, that one still still has to stick with you right because Mm -hmm. you know talk about back and forth that was a grind game that Mm -hmm. was a grinded out kind of game i think it was in minnesota and that's back when they had like all the the logos of the local team on there they didn't have like the uniform courts or anything so it felt Mm -hmm. like it's just the whole thing's kind of weird right you got bc and villanova playing in minnesota i'm like this is already strange um with a spot in the elite eight on the line i'm like oh god i got so excited it was a friday night and yep. we got Papa Gino's had a bunch of friends over. I was like, this is a big night. It's a big game night right here. Yeah. I think it was one of the primetime ones. It was like a seven o'clock start. Yeah, and it was, you know, on CBS. It's like, no, this is the real deal right here. This is a, you know, a legitimate matchup, the four one matchup. And dude, the way they lose it is just so tough because it's like you had the game and you knew the second he did it. You're like, that's the biggest goaltender of all time. Like, yeah, yeah. you have to call it. Um, But and then biggest overtime freak. was pretty tight. And it was just like, ah, oh, the whole thing, man. It just, 
that one stung a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think I remember walking outside and we had a hoop in our, our driveway. And so like some <laughs> of our friends were just kind of like shooting on the hoop and I was just sitting on the porch, just like, how, how did they lose that game? Like that, it was <sighs> such, it, it was so winnable. Like there were, there are a few, there are a few like Boston sports games that I think of more than that one. That might sound kind of crazy considering all mm-hmm. the, the big games that the professional teams have been in. I think about that BC Nova game, like every week, like it's, I think um, about it all the time too. It's it's I'm isn't so it just happy. like I'm it's so always happy. there, right? Isn't it just yeah. always there? Yeah. Especially watching yeah. this team where you're like, God, this team is so far from that team. <laughs> <laughs> like it's miles away. And, and you thought at that point, um, you know, it was a little concerning, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, that would have been would that have been Craig Smith's senior year? I think Craig yeah. Smith was a senior. Yep. So that was it for him. I remember him untucking the jersey and walking to the locker room just like dumbfounded. And I'm like, no, Pin I'm it gonna- too. Yeah, I'm like, not Craig Smith. I love Craig Smith. And it was just, I remember they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I was like, this yeah. is nuts. You got BC hoops on the SI cover. Yeah. And uh, and Dickie V had him in the final four. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God, it's all happening. Like, this is this is real life. And they can't get by that that friggin' Nova team. But it doesn't really matter, right? Just, well, it matters, but they would have lost to Florida. So I don't. I think that's the one thing that I look back. See, I mean, you think they would have beat Florida? No, thinks so, no, but I no, I don't. And like in my heart of heart, I know that they wouldn't have beat them. But I yeah. love telling myself, and because I've done this in the past, when like you know we're talking hoops or whatever, and I'm like, I'll be like, they would have matched up with that Florida team, and it's like, <laughs> come on, you really think? And I'm like, yeah, I swear to God. I'm like, put put Craig on Al Horford, put Sean Williams on Joakim Noah. You got Lewis Hennett, who is just a wild card. He's got Corey Brewer, like Sean Marshall. Like, we're good. We got this. But I can explain anything as a win. What's your yearly football prediction? What's up? Oh, my yearly. Yeah. My my yearly football prediction is nine and four. And the reason I say the reason I say that is because a broken clock is right (laughs) twice a day. Yeah. I mean, it's dude, it's It's going to happen. I mean, that that Florida team was so stacked and they were also so young. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like they were loaded mm-hmm. with seniors. All their best players were like sophomores. Yeah. Um, like Al, Al was a sophomore. Noah was a sophomore. Lee Humphrey. I got a Lee Humphrey jersey. My boys got uh, got on me for that. But I loved Lee Humphrey, that little whitey that could just shoot the three. And it was <laughs> absolute money. And I was playing, uh, I, I'd play as them in the, the 2K game all the time. And they were just like the most unstoppable video game team uh, i've ever played with and uh, i remember seeing a video game oh it's a really good game that was fun it felt like the the gameplay was really smooth and it felt like when you shot it you're like yeah this feels like that would go in because it's like i had a guy a couple feet off me like some of the games since then i'm like i just get frustrated but i remember going to a, a florida providence game with my dad that year and you know that's it was a big deal obviously because billy donovan was you know used to be a providence and i was coaching florida mm-hmm. and I have never been more impressed by a, a college hoops team in my life, you know, in person than seeing that team play. They moving the ball efficiently. I got up, you got, you know, every like the communication was it was just perfect. And they're all paying close attention to, to Donovan and the timeout. I'm like, this this unit is gonna be hard to beat. Uh, and then sure enough, they you know go on to win the championship. But I just think it was I think it wasn't meant to be for BC that year. No. Nope. Um what a treat, though, if they could have faced Florida. I would have just liked to see what it would have looked like because I think they'll probably lose by 15 or something. But um, 
Who knows? We will we'll never know. Never know. Yeah. Sad it's time. tough. It's it's tough. And then like you said, like you look at it now. So so Haas over here, he's he's the PA PA announcer over at Connie. Um so That's he's awesome. like, yeah. So he's he's seen talk, talk seen, about burying the lead. You got you got to yeah. leave with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, Brett. Like you could have given, given me an intro. Like yeah, geez, I did give you I gave you an intro last time. I thought I did a good job. Double intros over here. I'm messing. I'm messing. I called That's you the awesome, best though, PA dude. announcer in the ACC. I think yeah, for yeah, the record, you, you thanked him too, Haas. You're, you're my hype guy. You're my hype guy. There's no <laughs> doubt about it, Brett. Thank you. That's thank big. You. But yeah, that is, it's, that it's been big. crazy. I mean, season four doing this. I was I used to be the in-game host. So like the crazy guy throwing t-shirts out to a stadium of, you know, 500 people previously. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's nice to see that the crowds have grown. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to be courtside in that spot. No, you're talking about You're talking about that Prince of League Bay dunk, like the alley-oop. Like seeing that at court level and how high you got, like some of these plays are just like it's amazing. It's a really cool perspective down there, and obviously all the replays that happened in that Duke game were nuts too, with the refs coming over every play. Oh my god! I mean, second guessing every call, but yeah, it makes sense. You got the voice for it. I was like, this guy's got to do something in that ballpark. So now it all adds up. Now, now it now it all makes sense. No need for the Thanks. intro. The voice does the talking. You're good. <laughs> he 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 does the intro for this podcast now too. That I makes I. Sense. Li- I listed him like like you have Brock Holt. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, uh, I gotta get, you, I got, I, I, I need you to record something for me. Yeah. And I, he sent me, he sent me one take. He's like, oh, like I was just kind of messing around. Like, is this any good? I was like, bro, I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you need. Yeah. That's awesome. So hopefully one day at TD Garden. That's the that's the end goal. Yeah, of course. True, true basketball junkie. Dude, that guy's been there forever. Yeah. You should be next up. I, I, I think know. that's how it goes. Whoever's doing BC, go right to to the Celtics. Career BC, ladder. wow! I'm just realizing Boston Celtics, BC. It's just Let's meant go. to be. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I I know Pete. Pete has a couple questions. I want to give Pete Pete the floor because I know that he got he got a couple uh, Red Sox questions. Then I, I got a couple for you too. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um. So they lose Xander. Not to rub any salt in the wounds. You got mm, story. <laughs> yeah, he, you see his face. Right? <laughs> story out for an extended amount of time. So I mean, uh, you, you keep Devers, but who do they add in the off season? Who do you like? Yoshi's going to be interesting. I, I think Yoshida is somebody mm-hmm. that it was funny the other day. MLB had tweeted out a graphic of like, oh, big season coming up for Yoshida, and they showed the stats, and I'm like, I don't know if these are the stats that deserve this graphic. It was no. like 284 and like 12 homers, but um, no, I I think he's he's somebody that you know any Sox fan, and we just talked about this on the ITM we dropped today, but any Sox fan that thinks they actually know what's going to happen with Yoshida is just. They're all hypotheses. Yeah. They're all based off of whatever. It's that we have mm-hmm. no idea what's actually going to happen with them. But I am intrigued based solely on the fact that Heim's making a one of his big bets that he likes talking about. He's making a big <laughs> bet his on bets. on Yoshida because if he sucks and these prospects that are promised to be great aren't great, Heim's screwed. Right? I yeah. everything is everything is now. And he knows that too. You know, he, he's he's well aware of that everything is now on these guys that they've actually invested in. It's on Trevor Story getting healthy, which um, that news really sucked. Let's be honest that that was yeah, that was tough. The Xander news, nowhere. I know the the Xander news obviously the worst of the offseason when you find out he gets yeah. uh, that he signs with the Padres. But um, you know, losing Story when 
as is, they were probably already going to need him to have like a 30 home or 100 RBI season. Right. Then he's just not there. That part, that part really sucks. But no, between Yoshida and and having a real closer and Kenley Jansen, I was sick of these like, oh, he's the closer, he's the closer. Like, no, you don't have a yeah. closer. Having having Jansen in there is going to be nice, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But we're we're trying to keep our expectations, uh, you know, low. But you know, I with the Cape- rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why nope. not? But no I mean- low expectations for Yoshi from me. I'm going rookie. I mean, I like his average. I mean, I, I, like you said, you have no way of knowing how his game translates to the MLB, but just looking at his average and his OPB, I really like, you know, he gets on base and hopefully that can translate. If it translate, obviously huge. If I, yeah. I don't like those projected numbers, but I don't mind an AL rookie, uh, uh, you know, prediction. You're like, you're like AL rookie of the year is not bad. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. I mean, it is yeah. funny to think right with these guys that they can win rookie of the year. Right. It's like a, it's like an asterisk because like, you're no rookie. <laughs> you got like 20 year olds going up against him. I love when I they put him in the, the prospect top 100 too. I didn't mean to cut you off though. No, that's exactly what it is. Cause I, I, when Shohei came here, I was looking back at like top prospect heading into each season and Shohei Otani's on there. And I'm like, get, get out of here. This does not count. But <laughs> I mean, I guess Ruth. since there's no other way to categorize them, that's what they do. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see with Yoshi and, and I'm excited that the bullpen's going to be better, but pop wise, who knows? Like it, it, it feels like they need more power in the lineup the Duval signing helps in theory turner. um but yeah turner and you know we'll see i there's just a lot of questions is casas gonna have 20 plus bombs who knows like there's just endless question marks but i'm i'm excited i, I i'm you know it would be great if all these additions were in addition to xander if you had <sighs> all these with bogey then it's like yes and the devers extent it's like yes now I just want them to sign everybody. It's like, and if they had Mookie Betts, it's like, yeah, it, yeah, of course. But if they had all this with Xander, then every, I think everyone feels different, right? But instead, now it's like Kike trying to sell us by tweeting out a, a highlights reel of himself. In short. Um, it's it's probably not great when the player needs to try to sell you on the player. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, I trust swear. me. It's when the players say, "Trust me, I got this." Like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we'll see. But I, I got, I got medium hopes. We'll, we'll you haven't happen. mentioned one thing. You haven't mentioned the rotation. And I was listening to your last episode with Carabas, where he was like, you know, 2017 with this rotation, give me three rings. And when I was listening, I was like, absolutely, but yeah, not this year, right? Like this isn't 2017. This is 2023. Like, can this rotation hang? I don't think so. I, I'm not impressed at, at all with uh, what it's it's looking like it's gonna it's gonna be come opening day. I had said some, I tweeted something about the rotation, and Will Middlebrooks immediately chimed in and was like, "Oh, I don't think it's gonna be bad." And basically, anytime Will replies to me, it's when he disagrees. He he's never <laughs> like, "Yeah, good good tweet, Steve." But I guess that's what <laughs> for. Um, but no, it was it was more, you know, he, he's talking more for poor absorb stuff and and kind of you know some of the the advanced analytics where I'm like, let's just call a spade a spade here. The Red Sox have a one of the least intimidating starting rotations in Major League Baseball. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's any of these teams that are going to come to Fenway like, oh my God, we gotta we gotta go up against Kluber and you know Chris Sale's gonna be on the bump. Like, uh oh, this is this is gonna be scary. Wait, Whitlock's starting now? Like is Helk in there? Who knows? Like James Paxton, uh oh like no one's gonna be scared of this. So um, Brian Bello. I know, dude. Bayo, Bayo is interesting Bayo, because, yeah. well, I forget about him all the time. I, I, we'll, we'll do the projections, and I don't have Bayo in there, which is just yeah, straight up yeah. unintentional disrespect. I don't, I don't know why I keep forgetting, but, um, 
Bale. Well, again, you throw him in the question mark bucket, right? And it's like yeah. there's too many of those. There's just yeah. way too many of those uh, for you to have a team that I think is going to consistently perform. But we'll see. I mean, it's there's something to be said about a team that no one expects anything from and mm-hmm. them knowing that. And <laughs> I, I hope that they can ride that and at least be in the goals. Obviously, playoff contention the whole year. That's what you want, just especially for our podcast, just selfishly like you want that. Um, yeah. And just for our well-being, you want them to be in the hunt. I was gonna say my mental are you one health. For, are you one for predictions, Steve? Uh sometimes, yeah. Where do you think they fall at the end of the year in the AL East? At least just give me where do they where do you think they finish up? Record wise, I, I and this is kind of wishful thinking. I'm hoping they end up in the eighty eight win range around ninety, because that at least gives you a chance at the wild card series. Sure. Um that would likely have you behind the Jays and the Yankees. So realistically, oh, yeah. I think you'd be in in third place, the Rays. I just hate that the Rays exist. Uh, they're just so annoying. They've always been annoying. Even when they sucked, they were annoying. And yeah. now they're good for no reason, and that's annoying. So I, I don't know. I, I that one's that one's Tampa's a pain in the ass every single year. So, and you kind of forget about them until the season starts. <laughs> like you, half the time, I forget the Rays are even in the division, and, and they've been in here uh, since whatever ninety eight. But they, still they're the devil Rays. Yeah, I know. There's still the D rays. I, I fully agree. But I uh, agree. I think the Sox, I think the Sox are gonna finish third in the AL East. If I had to guess, I, I'd put them there. Yeah, I'll I take that. Yeah. I'd take that for this year, especially after like all the turnover and the lackluster of moves, I would say overall. And you can still make the playoffs at third in the year. That doesn't mean you're not yeah. gonna make the playoffs. So it's like, right. you know, as long as they're in the hunt, that's literally all my, for this season. I just want them to be in playoff contention. And, you know, obviously every year you want to win the World Series, but like realistically, yeah. I want to make sure that this isn't, you know, as a fan, you're just hoping, please, no, we can't have another last place finish. Just that 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 can't possibly be the case. That'd be three out of four seasons. And, you know, the one year that you didn't finish in last, you're only a couple of games away from missing the playoffs. And I know in 21, they're a couple away from the World Series. You're also two away from not even making the wild card game. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, looking at it both ways there. It, if they don't make the playoffs that year, then they wouldn't have made it in any of Heim's seasons, uh, which is not, you know, great for the resume. So if, if they do, if they do miraculously make the playoffs, do the rally cups come back? I've been asked this a lot and I'm really on the fence. I gotta, I gotta be honest because the rally cups was kind of like my sign off to section 10. That was like the last section 10 thing. And, you know, me, Jared and Coley kind of came up with it collectively just talking about randomly talking about favorite Halloween costumes during the last week of the season. I think that yeah. came up because we intentionally wanted to do a segment that had nothing to do with the Red Sox because they had just lost a, a series to the Orioles, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the playoff spot in the line. We're like, what should we talk about? Like, oh, let's do a uh, favorite Halloween costumes. Let's I just do that. that. Um, so that's where the cups came up. But yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be a, a feel it out type deal. Yeah. Where if it's let's say it's like mid-September and the Sox are a game out of a, a the last playoff spot. I think mm-hmm. I'll tweet out an image of the costume, right? I think okay. I'll tweet out just an image, no caption, and just see what people say. People <laughs> just, will go nuts. Yeah, just I'll just see what the reaction is. You already know. Yeah, I know. But like based off of that, then it's like, all right, if we bring it back, we bring it back. But um, yeah, we'll see. That that's what I'm hoping for, though, right? That that yeah. there's a chance that Rally Cubs makes a return. That would be great. I feel like Red Sox Twitter right now is so divided that like half the replies would be like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. And the other half will be like, what the fuck? Leave that behind. <laughs> they know, lost I last know. time you did that. And it's like, yeah, I can't. What, I don't know, on? man. It sounds like Twitter. Two wins yeah. from the World Series. Yeah, I got to I, I feel like I have to check myself because 
I get so upset about Twitter stuff, and it's just like it's Twitter. Like I know that, that's what Twitter is. Like there's a lot of clowns on there, and you're gonna have replies that that piss you off. But like I, I used to tell Jared before, like every, every show, you know, and about that they only had one studio, by the way, at at the old office, really? not not the one that they have now, but the one that from like 2017 to. Um, whatever like 2019 2020 the first three years two and a half years they were in new york city there was one podcast studio and then one for sirius xm so like you didn't really record podcasts in there ever so we'd be waiting for like chicks in the office to finish up like the the early days of caller daddy and jared's you know losing his mind over some yankee fan that's that's just in the dms doing this that the other thing and i'd get on his case for it because be like dude you got it these people are clowns like let it go and yeah. I'm such a hypocrite because now in the last like year I've gotten so salty about like this dude said this up. Uh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I get it. Like it's the more you grow the audience, the more you know people are gonna be chirping you. So I guess more that's haters. Just part of it. Yeah, 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 more haters, but it is what it is. It's all good. Yeah, I'm definitely a victim of that too. And it's I we, and we we have like 300 followers on our Twitter <laughs> right now. And I was like super butthurt like a month ago. <laughs> Like it like bugged me to my core and I'm like, I'm like sitting at my work desk, just like, I, I got to figure out who this person actually is. Like, who is <laughs> like, What's their address? I got to egg their house. Like, I yeah, dude, it gets out of into hand. The IP address. <laughs> yeah, I know it gets out of hand, but it's, it is what it is. I think it, I always go by the rule of like, I think it was, uh, this is pathetic, but I think it was a TikTok I saw with Drake actually. Where he was like, I go by the 72 hour rule. That's what his mom always told him. Where like if something really still matters to you after 72 hours, then okay. But yeah. basically nothing does. Like in terms yeah. of things that bug you. Yeah. It's like you wait three days and if it still matters, fine. And I'm like, yeah, right. After like three days, I don't really care about whatever the thing was. So it's yeah. It is fine. Yeah. Look at Drake dropping wisdom. Love that. I know. Even me bringing it up, I'm like, should I bring up a Drake line? I don't know if that really applies here, but I, I guess it does. I guess it works. I was going to ask, Steve, I don't know what your day-to-day looks like during the season. How many games will you go to Fenway for? Um, well, last year was the most. That was the first year I had a season-long credential, which is, uh, okay. that was a, a big accomplishment, and and me just pat myself on the back here, but that yeah. was it, just in terms of, like, being happy that they allowed me to do that. I was like, oh, alright, nice. Like I, I know enough people here now where I can get this. Um, but having said that, you know, obviously it made it a lot easier to go to games where you're not, you're not paying for it. It was probably, uh, 30 games last year. I think something like that in that ballpark. Um, you know, there were some series that we were going to going to all the games and a big part of it was to grow the show. Right. Cause you know, it was the, me and Joey doing, you know, ITM we're trying to, we're trying to grow the audience. And that was kind of the goal last year was the first non-section 10 show that I had done. Um, so I think it was like, all right, we're going to be here. We're going to do our segments of like best seat in the house, the food reviews, and really just try to like grow an audience and grow like a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we did a decent job of that last season, but a big reason why that worked out is because we were, we had the season long credential and that we were there a lot. So, uh, it was fun though. Even I mean, it was just, uh, what a pain in the ass of a season. It was just so, so annoying. And, you know, they have one of their best Junes ever. We'll always have June. Yeah, I always have June, but it's like the Celtics were in the finals. So like I that I really overshadowed the Red Sox June. <laughs> um because like no one was talking about him, just like us like diehards. And yeah, you know, sure enough, then everything just collapses in July and it's just kind of a, a waste of the last couple months of the season. So just hoping we don't get a rerun of that. And I don't think it I don't think that'll happen again. 
I'm just hoping for like a little bit more stability out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's not come out the gate like last year when they came out the gate and you're like, oh my God, like when are they going to wake up? Yeah. And then all of a sudden June happens. Trevor story is just like a man on a mission hitting just bullets everywhere. And I'm like, all right, this is the team. Now we go. Yeah, and then July comes it. in. You're like, oh no, we're back again. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough, man. It was a sad, it was just a sad, a sad season it overall. Was. Cause you didn't it really was. have a lot of times to like pound your chest. It was like this team, this team sucks. <laughs> like it's, like yeah. there was like a shadow the... over it too, with like the bogey yeah. and the Xander yeah. thing, like extend, yeah, no. extend ever mm-hmm. sign bogey. It's like, I never like focused on like the games. I felt like I was always thinking about contract situations. It sucked. I know. And from April on, right. It wasn't like yeah. there was yeah. any gap where it's like we, people weren't saying that. It was constant every single week of extend Devers, sign bogey. And I'm like, all right, guys, like I just got tired of it. We did a whole segment about it in like, when was it? Like, um, like May, I think we were only like yeah. a month into the season. And yeah. Joey and I are like, this is so annoying that yeah. you can't. Yep. And the Red Sox from there. And I, I've gotten to know a decent amount of people that run their social, uh, whether it's Twitter, IG and. And I, I felt bad for them. And we would talk about it where it's like, regardless of what you post, all the comments are are pay bogey like it's it's pay devers pay bogey like it's whatever whatever combo you wanted of the words it was either it was just give money to devers and bogarts and it didn't even matter they could do like a really nice feature on like the the life of christian arroyo and they'd be like pay devers you moron (laughs) can we do anything can we post anything like what the hell even in june even in june when things were great uh you know they they were just getting blitzed in the con. I, I felt bad. I felt bad for him, but um, at least we're past that. Even though Bogey's in in San Diego and ah. it's gonna be tough, I, I I know. But yeah, I love Orsillo so much, and I I'm I think I'm just gonna train myself that it's okay because I watch a lot of Padres games in general and have okay. the last couple of years because of Don. Um, so now it's like all right, you know, we got got Xander there, got you know Machado sucks, but I do like Tatis, even though it <laughs> it, it sucks what happened to him. Um. You know, it's going to be a fun team to watch. It really, Soto. It really is. Yeah, Soto. And it's like, it really works out well time-wise, right? A lot of Sox games end in that 10 to 11 hour. Yeah. That's when Padres games start. So you just kind of keep it rolling. And uh, I do like that element of it. I'm glad you said that, though, because the Padres are my other team. You know, they they took Dawn and now they got, like, they're my NL team. Yeah. No, it's it's a fun team to watch. And it's time zones are cool. You know, it works out well. Yeah, they're <laughs> so, stacked. No complaints there. <laughs> The thing that really sucks is that uh, Bogarts looks really good in a Padres jersey. Oh, he looks great. Uh, I think Bogarts is just a good looking guy in general. So he'd probably look good in any uniform. Um, (laughs) But he he looks like he's been on the team, doesn't he? I know. Yeah, he does. He does. Especially with like Machado. Yeah, Yeah. the fan fest thing. I'm like, oh, my God. It was like that Squidward Mm. meme where Patrick and SpongeBob were running around outside. I'm like, oh, my God. That looks like the most fun of all time. but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's I, I think the quicker Sox fans get over it, the better. Not get over it, you know what I mean, though. Just like yeah, mentally get past it because it's if you, if we keep talking about Bogey, it's similar to the Mookie thing, you're just gonna drive yourself nuts. They were talking about when Shohei signed with uh, New Balance, and they're like, "Yup, show New Balance is in Boston. He had to sign the contract here. Like, he's coming to Boston next year." And I was like, "Whoa, all right, it's like, why not?" I, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. It's like, yeah, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to act like, you know, every little thing, it's like, oh, sold a house here. You know, every little move these guys make, we flip out about it. It's like, all right, whatever. Show hate to the socks. Why not? Sounds mm-hmm. good. I mean, that number is going to be nuts. I don't know. It, it's got to start with a five. 
And yeah. anything short of that, I'd actually be very surprised. And that's why I love the Devers deal. I really do. Outside of the fact that it's incredible to have Devers here for 11 years, it's 331 for for De- I thought I I definitely thought I was going to be in the force. No no doubt about it. Like any way yeah. you look at it, mm-hmm. thinking his age, his talent, um, you know, the contracts that got that even Bogey was getting in his 30s. I'm like, no way, Rafi agrees to anything less than than 400. So to hear yeah. that that was, um, I was just pumped to get like a little bit of like insight before it dropped. And then I'm like, it can't be true. It can't be 330. That just doesn't sound right. But then, sure enough, it was. I'm pretty close to Fenway, and think about a new space, a new spot to sit in the stadium, just to get a different perspective. And I was curious, you know, since you'd had the credential, I'm sure you were bouncing all around. Mm. Uh, and you just mentioned that you did like a best seat segment or something like that. So, yeah, give me a couple spots in the stadium that are kind of under people don't really know about or underrated that someone could really enjoy the game from. Yeah, I think one of the best spots that you technically can't be in, but you also won't get kicked out of is where I was for like the majority of the rally cup stuff in the playoffs. It's basically next to the K men. And now this is, this is if you're down to stand. Um, but this is more of like, if you do the student nines or if you just get the cheapest ticket and you want like a good perspective, you want a little space to move around that like bridge that basically goes up that walkway that goes up to the monster they never really technically you need a monster standing room to like stamp and ticket to be there, but they very rarely check. And it's a great, like it's like the basically where the camera, it's exactly where the cameras are uh, for Ness and ESPN, whatever, depending on what the game's on. And um, it's, you walk right down the ramp and all the concessions are right there. Everything you need is just right there. And you're kind of out of everybody's way. You're technically like out of the stadium because you're hanging over uh, Lansdowne, but it's, you know, all things considered, pricing and and all that. If you just get the cheapest ticket and stand there, and ha- it's really good if you have a couple friends in town. I've mm-hmm. I've been there um, for probably like thirty games at this point, just kind of having a couple mm-hmm. vod lemmies and, and you know just talking life and oh home home run that's cool. Like it's it's just a nice place to like enjoy the game, um, and you still kind of get that bleachers atmosphere too because they're right to the left of you. Right mm-hmm. to the left is a great way to describe that. They're off to the mm-hmm. left. Um, and it's, yeah, I've, I've gotten to know a decent amount of the people up there. The K-Men are cool for the most part. K-Men are interesting people, um, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think that's one of the better spots. I think grandstand like 30 to 32. I've always recommended that area. Now the downside is it's alcohol free. Um, so if you're, if you're trying to drink, that's not really the best place to be, but at that grandstand is basically right on top of whoever the left fielder is like you're kind of cornered right into the green monster. Um, and the prices normally are pretty cheap. Like it's normally not that much, but you get way more bang for your buck sitting over there because you're really close to the field and anything lower or to the right of that is the the prices skyrocket. Um, so I always recommend that. And then anything in the, uh, in the second, in the second level there, I don't even know what they technically call it. Like the state street pavilion or, or whatever. I mean, those are a little bit pricier, but the perspective is great. Like we would for last season where we were the most often, is by Pavilion Four, um, which is kind of the top level, and it's right next to where like the media area is. So we would kind of walk in there and and grab like Diet Cokes and then just like come out. Um, but the the view is incredible because you get like the Boston skyline. It looks like a Fenway like screensaver up there, um, mm. and I think that's one too. If you play your cards right, that you can. There's really good standing room spots, and you can probably sit in a seat if someone doesn't show up. If you just stand for like first three innings, and uh, 
that perspective is really good too. So yeah, those are, those are spots I'd recommend. Dope. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I've always been a big fan of center field. I like straightaway center has been a great spot. And I, you know, early in the, early in the season, you can get some really cheap, like an April or a May game. You can get some pretty cheap tickets out there and just being right behind the center fielders back and watching pitches or balls come off the bat from there is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The perspective is, is really good, especially if it's like a, a game that matters a little more, like if it's a Yankee game or something, like it's it's true. The buzz out there is nice. Who's the coolest Red Sox player in your phone? Player, it's it's I don't have a lot of like the players' numbers. I gotta say, like that's probably where Jared and I differ the most. Um, in terms of asking for the numbers. I I normally just DM back and forth with these guys a lot. Okay. Uh it would probably be I mean, it's Brock Holt if it's like an alumni, because Brock mm-hmm. is Brock's hilarious, dude. He's he's to me, he's like the mayor of Red Sox Nation. <laughs> like he's like the he's the guy in terms of a former player that I think relates the most with the fans. That wasn't like your obvious big poppy or you know huge name. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll text with Brock occasionally, Cora occasionally, which is which is good. He'll he'll check in and see how stuff's going. Um, so yeah, I, I it's not I don't have a ton of the ton of the numbers. It's more I. I enjoy getting the follow back on Instagram. I, I think that's always a nice little hat tip because a lot of these guys aren't on Twitter. Um, you know, most of them are on are on IG. So you know, I'm I'm pretty close with Duran, which it just kind of sucks how things have gone for him. Um, and it's you know, last year wasn't obviously. I don't think he would categorize as his favorite year, but hopefully things turn around for him a little bit. I think he's playing in the WBC, I believe. Um, I don't know if he's dropped out or how that's gone, but that'll be cool for him. So. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. I don't really text a lot of these guys, but it is always cool to get like a a like on like some ballpark yeah. stuff or or a, yeah. a photo I put at Fenway. That's always yeah. that's always nice. Coley shit it on us. On on, on B- who? On on BC. Well, I I must have missed that. When was that? He so it was after BC football lost to Kansas a couple of years ago. Um, he put out. I'll I'll read it to you because it was like I remember seeing it and it like hurt my feelings. It was so it was so mean. He, he said, <laughs> "Get it out of the Twitter graveyard. Let's get it out." He's pulling his seats. <laughs> no, it's it's a barstool blog. It's actually it's 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 awesome. He said, "If you told me I'd be furious about the result of a Boston College football game, I'd call you a liar and challenge you to pistols at Don Duel because it's disrespectful to me, a man of class and high taste." To be even thinking about BC football, let alone blogging about them. But when I saw this final score, I became infuriated beyond my wildest dreams. Then he goes, I'll be honest with you. I think it's the worst loss in the history of Boston. And this was when BC lost to Kansas at home. Yeah. Not just sports. I'm talking about like when England lost, lost America to us. Things of that nature. <laughs> This this is worse than all of that. I'm like, God damn! Like for a know, second, I thought this was a tweet. I'm like, did he get like bonus characters? That's right, the longest right. tweet I've ever Twitter, heard. Twitter blog. No, this was a this was on on his uh, barstool blog. And then this is the oh, last okay. part. This is the part that like really just like this is what really hurt me. He goes, the more I think about it, the more I think they should cancel the program and they have to rename the school Chestnut Hill College. CHC CHC Eagles sounds like a decent <laughs> high school. I think it plays. The football team can be donated to Northeastern and they can have their program back. Fair is fair. The Huskies never went out and lost the Kansas at home for all the world to see. 
tarnishing the good name Boston sports have built up over the last checks watch. Well, since sports, since they started sports. And I was like, and I, I went back. Cause I remember, I remember when he wrote that and I'm like, Oh, let me bring that up for old time's sake. And then when I read it again, I'm like, yeah, that still hurts. That's a lot of facts were said. Uh, a lot of facts were said, unfortunately for us. Um, I think Coley's always, he's a good one with the words. I think he is one of the best sarcastic people I've ever mm-hmm. met in my life. So obviously there's a little sarcasm in there, but, um, yeah, that, that loss was tough. I mean, it's been, that's a tough thing for us, right? Is that how many legitimately great Boston college wins have there been in the last 10 years? USC baby. The USC one. That was hilarious. I remember I was living on Com Ave at that point and, uh, we had a huge like pregame cause I was living with a lot of like BC grads. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh my God, it was incredible. This, this huge pregame for the game. Then one of my friends said that they had a ticket, uh, that they were going to give me and then didn't give me the ticket. So I was super no. pissed off when they actually ended up winning. And I'm like, God, my BC memories are all tough because like, I remember going to a BC Notre Dame game, football game in like the late nineties and Notre Dame scored with like three seconds left to win. I was with my dad and these clown Notre Dame fans behind us were jumping up and down. They stomped on my dad's glasses and Man. broke them. I have never seen my dad like that upset. They were just like, it's your classic road fans that just like yeah. need you to know they're fans of the road team. Um, So that one was painful. Then BC beat Duke in like 09, I think. And I, my, uh, we were, I was with my grandmother that weekend because we were watching my aunt's dog because it's such a random thing you know when you're like i was with my aunt's cousin's brother's sister but we were like watching her new dog that she just got a week ago because she was on vacation in new york i'm still salty she went on vacation a week after getting a new dog (laughs) yeah what the heck i lost i lost the dog i lost the i don't know where the dog is i'm like you've got to be kidding me because i had tickets to bc duke at six uh, whatever it was like 3 p.m that day it was a sunday and uh and sure enough, they end up beating Duke. And my buddy was like, yeah, we stormed the court. I'm like, God, this is the absolute worst. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the USC one, I, I was supposed to have a ticket and didn't go to that. So I'm good at missing big BC moments. But we haven't had, like, realistically, you know, I try to think back. And that's why the, the Duke one this year would have really mattered. And I know it's not the same Duke team. I know it's not Coach K. Yeah. But, you know, for Earl Grant to, to have that one under his belt would have mattered a lot when you go into the recruiting mm-hmm. process. Haas can definitely attest to that too. Cause he's seen, I mean, you were on the field for the Kansas. You were at that Duke game in 2018. You were at the Duke game this year. So it's great. I mean, I, I actually caught coach Grant coming at, cause they're practicing right now or they were practicing in the O'Connell center. So like the student rec center for the last yeah. you know few months during construction. And he was uh, getting ready to go to, I think Virginia, they're about to head out to Virginia and you know, he was walking out. He was a super positive guy. Like he came up, I was sitting down. I said, Hey, what's up, coach? How you doing? He's like, ready to go to work, man. Like, we're ready to go to work. Like, he's just always got the lines ready to go. He's like a like a first guy, of course, right? He's a D1 power five, you know, head coach, but he was super positive. He's like, I'm really happy in the direction the program's going. He's like, we just gotta be more consistent. Mm-hmm. We're teaching good things, we just gotta be more consistent, gotta be more consistent. And like Like if he's gonna you know, get us, no, I'm not saying to like the promised land, but I'm saying like if he could get us back to the tournament, if he could get us back to you know a semifinal or a final in the ACC championship, somewhere in the top half of the standings at the re- end of the regular season, whatever it may be, whatever the goals are, you know, it seems like he's the guy. And mm-hmm. to think they they were so close to the semis last year, I couldn't believe that. That one that layup, was, I know that run was nuts. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think, I mean, let's be real. If Earl Grant gets BC hoops to the NCAA tournament, it's a success. Like, like you, I don't, he doesn't have to like, for me, he doesn't have to do anything other than that. Like just, just get them to the tournament and this is your job. Like now you got the job. Like it's not, you know, that, that was the best part. And that was, that was the cool thing for us watching those, you know, Troy Bell, the 01 team, the 04 team, the 06 team. It was fun because it's like, we felt like we were doing way better than they probably should have been doing considering sure. what the level of recruits and the talent they were playing and all that. Sure. Um, so you kind of felt like, all right, we're playing with house money here. Like BC hoops is not really supposed to be competing for the elite eight, but it's, it, it then shouldn't be this bad for this long. Like if you're in the ACC, you can't not be going to the NCAA tournament for 14 years in a row. That just, it can't happen. Like it, there, there should be relegation at that point. There should be some rule <laughs> that you get kicked out of the conference. Like, I'd be pumped if this BC team was in this big East, like that yeah. would be so much more fun than going up against these run and gun teams that score way more points than this one does. But um, yeah, if they can get them to the tournament, man. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad you say that because that's, he seems like that kind of positive energy guy, right? Like yeah. that, that's what he constantly seems like. And, and it doesn't seem like it's BS. Some of these guys are like, all right, let's go guy. Like I remember Pete Carroll's the ultimate, like, oh yeah, let's go. Like, like, shut up Pete. Like with, with, with Grant, it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like he's trying to be this thing. Um, and, and you know, it seemed like he was like that at Charleston too. So it's, we have, now we have a coach that, that really gets the most out of his players. Now, if he can just convince some better players to come here then i think now you have the ingredients to make the ncaa tournament to, to your point earlier uh brett about about the syracuse game and feeling like it mattered more than the other games it's it's i haven't felt like that about a bc game in a long time in terms of like it's february and this game matters yeah there's not been a february yeah. bc game that's mattered in a long time yeah um so if they can you know if they can keep building on it and actually get to the point where you're starting to do the numbers where it's like, all right, as long as they haven't lost like their 10th game by like mid February or by now, they still have a chance at the dance. But you know, now it's now I'm just rooting for the NIT, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they can run the tail of the ACC tournament, maybe this year's the, the, the NCAA tournament year. But um, no, they they play hard and and you know, it's it's been enjoyable to watch because, like you mentioned earlier, there's been some teams in the last 10 years that have just gotten their ass beat every yeah. single game. And it's unwatchable, and I'm glad that they're at the point now where they're surprising some folks that that haven't watched BC hoops in a while. They're a fun fourth I, quarter team. I know that, that's I know. why they're really fun to watch, in my opinion. I mean, I, I I pulled it off the game notes, so I can't take credit. But in five of the Boston College eleven wins, they've trailed or been behind at some point in the final four minutes of regulation. So, yeah. I mean, just tune in for the last four minutes, and you're going to see a great ending. There's a lot of chaos with this. This team loves chaos. Like they're always in these games where I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? I don't even know what I'm what, but I don't even hate it. I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is bizarre. To your point with Zachary, I always want him to be a little better, right? Don't you always want just a little, like we're not asking for like this big jump. Like it's, he'll do stuff where I'm like, ah, man should have passed that. Or like, don't, you know, shoot that deep three. They settled for so many threes against Syracuse. It was driving me nuts. And that's what Beheim wants. He wants you to shoot threes. Mm-hmm. That's the point of the zone. He wants you to shoot lower percentage shots. And the, the Eagles are, you know, last in the ACC in three-point percentage. So it's, I don't know, that played right into their into their hand. Their big guy was pissing me off so much. Jesse. He was so good. Dude, He's he nasty. is filthy. 
I didn't see him play yet. We made him look like an All-American that night. I know. You would have that the most point. That was the most field goals he's made all season. It's not that good. Yeah. It was that was tough. And that wasn't a great look on post where it's like, come on, man, like you should be able to hold him to less than whatever, 28, whatever it was. But um yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. I mean, are they I think they're playing right now, right? Yeah, I believe they're yeah, yeah. yeah Chaz Chaz Kelly in. just banged two threes in a row. They're up Oh, let's he's, go. He's like he's probably like Chaz double pound in the chest. Chaz Kelly, two threes in a row. He's uh yeah, he actually ran off the court up the ramp uh <laughs> in his celebration for those two. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got teed up immediately, but it was totally, totally worth it. This would be a big one. I know we I, I think one he one of the questions was gonna be on the record. And it's a very important thing, right? What they what they do this last what is it seven games, including yes. this tech game? Yeah. If they, so let me just let me just pull this up real quick because this is, I've been following their February schedule closer than any February in the last decade. Yeah. These, these so, next five five games in fourteen days are these are the these are the five right here that decide. Yeah. Update. Well, especially the next four, just because the fifth right. one is Virginia. Right. Um I would say, like, realistically, like, uh, Joey and I always say water balloon uh, to your head. Yeah. I would I would say three and four. That that would be my realistic guess. If they can go four and three, though, and this is what sucks about the Syracuse game, is mm. that you had, and let, let me actually pull the stats up, because I did a lot of research on this, probably more than I'm willing to admit. I love it. Um, well, I was trying to see the last time BC had a first round buy in the ACC tournament. I think it's it was been, 2014. No, it's been since 07. Oh, my God. That they haven't played on day one of the ACC tourney. We love so day one. It's, oof, it's tough, man. Because if, if you look at, I'm just going down seeding-wise here. This is their ACC tournament seed uh, the last, whatever, 10 years. It's 12, 15, 12, 11, 12, 15, 15, 13, 14, and then I believe... In twelve and thirteen, they added a couple teams to the ACC. So I believe yeah. that's when it that's when it became uh, when it went from twelve teams to fifteen teams. Yeah, they're eight, twelve, six, eight, six, eleven, four, three. So three and four were the first two seeds they had the first two years in the ACC, and it's it's essentially been downhill since then. But mm. um, you know, it's they've had teams. They haven't had a winning ACC record since uh, 2010-11 when they went nine and seven in the conference and got the six yeah. seed. Um, which at that time meant you still played on day one. I think only the top four teams got to buy in that version of the ACC. So when they had so, Reggie Jackson too. Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, you're looking at a team right now. They're five and eight in conference, you know, not including this uh, Virginia Tech game. And if they win, if they go three and four, which I think they'll do, you would finish eight and 12, which would be their best ACC record in 12 years. So that's something. That that means something. That's I know something. eight and fourteen or or whatever eight and uh, eight and twelve shouldn't make make you you know do parties in the streets, but like I I still that's a huge step getting eight ACC wins with this yeah. roster, like that's really impressive. So that's why games like you know NC State and and you go down the list here, you got to beat you know Georgia Tech, you got to try to get a win over like a Florida State or or get yeah. some revenge over Wake, even though at Wake is not going to be the easiest one, but. Um, Pitt should yeah. be winnable too, even though Pitt's a lot better this year. But I think that they match up well with Pitt. Yeah, and and then realistically, BC's probably going to be. You'd have to be a top nine seed to get a buy, um, which they likely won't be, especially after that Syracuse loss. Because now, <sighs> now you lose that tiebreaker. That's tough. Um, 
but they'll likely be a 10 or an 11 seed in the ACC tournament, which means you would get the likes of Louisville or Georgia Tech in the first round on that Tuesday. And then you would likely play like Syracuse, Duke, or North Carolina as your second game, which is now like appointment television, right? Yeah. Like that, that then becomes whatever. That's like the six o'clock game on like Wednesday on ESPN yeah. against Duke. Like that's now a huge deal. So that's kind of what I'm, you know, circling right now. But I, I am curious from your perspective, how many, how many wins do you think they got left in them this season? I realistically, um, I'm with you three. I want to say, I want to like the BC in me wants to say four. I know. Pete, four, doesn't up. four feel like you doesn't four feel like a push though doesn't it feel like you're pushing it yes it sure does um we talked about it on the last episode a couple weeks ago where we basically i i said i think me and people said four because i think there was 11 games left and we said realistically four um haas said that they would go six and five uh to finish the year so that would go along on with pace. it two and two right yeah yeah <laughs> It's, I'm sticking oh, with my three. I'm sticking with my three. So you're three so feels you think, right. So you think they're so you think they're only gonna win one more game or three uh three of the remaining seven? Three of the remaining seven. Virginia Tech, uh Florida State, and uh the last game of the year. Yeah, okay. Georgia Tech. They better not lose at home to Georgia Tech. That they're they're ta- they're getting either that NC State game this Saturday or that Virginia game at home. They're winning another big one at home. Doesn't it feel like it? Like, especially too hard. Yeah. Yeah. With that being a Saturday game, that helps. Noon isn't great. I'd probably prefer that to be a night game. Um, But yeah, I mean, you only have what? You only got three home games left. Two of them against ranked teams. At least the two ranked games you have left are at home. So I, I, you know, that means something. Some of these road atmospheres are a lot more than they're used to dealing with. So yeah, four and three is the, is the wishful thinking. And I, I hope it does happen that, that then puts you in like pretty legitimate, spot can again this is all compared to what they've done before this isn't like yeah, yeah we got the nine seed like it's it's more just you yeah. know being it's relative it's yeah it's all it's all relative so um we'll see but I, i'm just i just like that i care right now because mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i'm looking at some of these acc records and it's like six and 14 two and 11 seven and 13 and you look back what seven seasons ago and they don't get any acc wins oh and 18 eli so I, carter baby I know, God. <laughs> or what's his face? Clifford's like, I'm going to remember going to Chipotle. It's like, oh my Poor God. Guy. Um, Poor guy. But no, I mean, I'll take three and four. I, I want four and three, mm-hmm. but I would take three and four. And then you got to circle that second round game against a Syracuse, a Duke, a UNC, one of those teams as being like, mm-hmm. let's prove that. We yeah. deserve to win this game. Yeah. That we're making, that we're making, we're making progress here. We're turning the corner. Yeah, because then realistically, I, you could get to the semis. Like yeah. if you if you get yeah. into that game, it's like, all right, like they could actually make the ACC semis and like yeah. shake it up a little bit. Yeah, it'd be cool too, especially um, the J Rob and Kai team. They only won seven ACC games. Yeah, that year, that 2018 team. Yeah, so it's like you win eight, you win eight. You're already better than them. Um, you know, Albeit the talk- ACC is a little different than it, you know, back, you know, four or five years ago. It has changed a bit, but I, I you know, we'll take no, a win to win, right? Eight, eight, eight yeah. wins is eight wins. You're right. The is ACC not, is not, way, way better when you get, than it was. Yeah, it's way better now. You got UNC and Duke <laughs> hanging on to like the 25th ranking in the country. Um, 
No, it's definitely it's definitely different now, but it, it's still, you know, if you hit eight wins, like that means something. If yeah. you get eight, eight ACC wins, you haven't done that in twelve years. That is absolutely something to be yeah. to be happy about. So, and that's you're not that's really a... losing a lot. You're no. losing what, Kai? Yeah who Just who like... do you actually who do you actually lose from this team? Because I this whole I I thought post was done, but I forgot about the COVID year. Mm. I th- I think it's just Makai. Hey, Jason Madsen. Or Madsen's done, right? Or no? No, Madsen, I, I, I checked it. He's got one or two more. What about Bickerstaff? I kind of I hate Bickerstaff, so it's not going to be a big I th- loss. I think he's got another year. He's got another one? I think um, so. Yeah, so you're basically just losing... You're basically Kai. just losing Makai. And Bickerstaff had an awful game against Syracuse. Oh, my God. He was some of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen. Turning the ball, he can't over. finish. He can't grab the ball. He can't shoot to save his life. Awful free throw. I think he had no points and like fouled out or something. Like he was, yeah. he was useless. It's and you stick out in a game like that because they matter more. Anytime you're watching, like, and the the thing that I I miss about the old BC teams is that every we're up single. 13. What's up? Oh, baby, are you serious? Yeah, we're up 13. Continue, up 13? my man. The spread was going. 13. It's flipped. We were <laughs> yeah. 13 to underdog. BC's going 5 and 2 to close yeah, out. Let's let's go. Go. That's what Austin did last episode. Austin did last episode. Screw, like, <laughs> screw the NIT. We're going to the NIT. We're winning Dude, the ACC. We are dancing take... this year. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. Oh, talk to you in the Elite Eight, kid. Steve, Steve, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell the higher ups that you will not be at, uh, you will not be at spring training till next week because we got NC State to go to this weekend. Oh, it's dude, dude, let's go. Man, I'm seeing tickets as low as three bucks. It's an affordable ticket. Let's go. I, I'm telling you, I, I care, I care, I definitely care too much about bas- uh, Boston College basketball. Um. But it, it's so, stuff like this. I like I, I'm so pumped doing the show. You got, I, you guys yeah. are now. You're, we're now boys. Because like I, yeah. I don't yeah. have a Ooh. BC hoops group. Yeah. Like I, this is now that group. So we're like, I'm so thankful for this because my dad is who I talked about BC hoops to, and he doesn't care at all. He mm-hmm. went to Northeastern, mm-hmm. and he's like, Stephen, again with the Boston College. Why do you <laughs> care so much about Boston College basketball? Like that, you know, it's been 20 years of this. This is I now got... like year 21 of watching yeah. this i'm a legal human you know drinking human yeah age of of, of in boston college fandom yeah so it's like of course i would care like there's there's a lot of i know that i care did you guys all go to bc by the way i i did but i um i there i know pete because we started at westfield state together okay okay and andrew well, where, did, where did you go i went to Nichols, so in okay, the cool, commonwealth cool. coast conference like you yeah, yeah, yeah. The CCC. Um, yeah, that's I, I, I appreciate that because I've been ripped, not ripped. That's aggressive. But like people have gotten on my case for years for like, why? Why do you you didn't go? And I'm like, you just don't get it. Like if. Yeah. If you, you know, follow the team, whatever, eight, nine years before college even yeah. was a thing, then of course you're going to care about it. Yeah. And people will only get on your case around here because if let's say you didn't go to Kentucky, but you're a Kentucky fan, no one's going to get in your case about that because Kentucky's a more national team. Um, right. But considering there's so many, I think that's why what we all have in common is that we spend a lot of time and invest a lot of time in a Boston sports team that doesn't give us much of anything, right? That doesn't, right. That, right. that doesn't pay us back. And to me, that has value where it's like, no, we're riding with y'all. 
Like, yeah. I don't care. It's it's been many a years now. Obviously, if you're still a BC basketball fan, you're you're gonna stay a BC basketball fan because um, of how much we've been through. But it's like getting to this point now. All right, maybe we're at the point where it's gonna pay off a little bit. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we're That's finally getting to, myself. Maybe we're finally getting to the point where it's like, <laughs> all right, story. now now come whatever, like times like this, like February, March, you're gonna have some people in the next, hopefully in the next couple of years, coming out of the world where we all oh, BC. It's like, no, shut up. You haven't watched yeah. any of these games. It's like yeah. investing in Apple on day one. It's like, yeah, one I know. day this will pay off. <laughs> I where, think this where will, were I think you? we'll be back. We'll be back at no, some we will. point. We're coming and back. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that far off. It really doesn't. It, so. it doesn't. It it's okay. funny too because I I got Pete into it a couple of years ago because when I first moved back from Florida. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, come. I, my, my mom used to work there, so she would always give me tickets. I'm like, yeah, come come to the uh, BC hockey game tonight. So he comes to the BC hockey game, and he's like, yeah, this is sick. I'm like, bro, like, I've been trying to get you to do this with me for years, you know? I even know. When we were at, even when we were at Westfield, like, I was always the guy, like, there would be some house party somewhere, but I couldn't go because BC was playing Notre <laughs> Dame on Saturday <laughs> night, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll see you guys thereafter. Or, like, BC basketball was playing someone, and I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you guys thereafter. Like, I I, I got to watch the fellas, you know? So yeah. I've been, like, invested in this. So I got Pete involved in it now. Um, So it's like we have this, like, little crew. And, like, same thing, like, get ripped all the time for it. Where it's like Boston College. Like, yeah, what day, are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you, a loser? Like, yes, I am a loser. And I love hating myself. And I will continue hating myself. And, yes, they did win four games a couple of years ago. And I still watch them. Like, I, I, would wa- I, I remember like the- watching them when they played Richmond at, like, noontime on a Saturday. They had, like, two wins. Well, the yeah. thing that's one of the crazy things is that the BC name, like that logo still matters, right? Like they've, they've had mm-hmm. enough players and enough history that when you see the BC logo, whether it's on the ticker or if it's on ESPN, whatever, mm-hmm. I think nationally people still, Oh, it's Boston College, Like it's BC. We're not, we're yeah. not some, like some of these, there, there are some scrub D one teams and, and yeah. like, see, like I'll, I'll see Seton Hall's logo and I'm like, what the hell is Seton Hall doing around here? But then sometimes they'll sneak into like the top 15. I'm like, what, what is I this? Know. But, um, or like DePaul, like there's there's other teams like in, uh, I guess this side of the the country that you just don't look at and you have any respect for. I think the BC logo still still demands a little bit of respect, but you can't you can't keep having year after year after year of these whatever right like four and fourteen finishes. Like you gotta. That's why this year matters, right? It's not mm-hmm. you weren't gonna just overnight become a potential tournament right. contender. Right. But this is this really feels bridgeish, like and and it actually does to the point where you can believe in the coach, you can be, you know believe in the 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 culture around here, and that they yeah. kind of have an identity of of grinding defensively and obviously needing some offensive help. But hopefully that being something with Chaz or or some of these young guys that can uh, you know really help out in the next couple of years, that it's that BC hoop can matter. <laughs> it can actually you can see it. Be, it can be something around here that people want to see. So I'm just hoping it. that that's the case. Brett, um, do you still have the stats of um, Al Skinner's first couple of years versus Earl Grant's first couple of years? Yeah, Ooh, that's valuable. Because there's, there's yeah. like uh, an eerie comparison of like how Al Skinner didn't start off with like amazing teams either, but grew yeah. the program into a, obviously we've been talking about this whole time a great success. Earl Grant's you know kind of like on the same path. Go ahead, Brett. 
No, I was just going to say that tweet was a banger too. I was like at work, like bored. And I was just like looking it up. I'm like, I wonder, I was like, you know, I love Al Skinner. I'm like, I wonder what his record was the first couple of years. Um, really bad. And I was like, Ooh, I, I really got to tweet. Bad. I got to tweet this shit to our 150 <laughs> followers. They got to see this. <laughs> Six and like... 21. Oh my God. Yeah. This is really yeah. bad. Yeah. They had, they had some rough teams. 98, 99, they were 6 and 21. Just two seasons later, they won the Big East tournament. That is. Yeah, because of Troy Bell. Because Troy I Bell know. was a sophomore year. Dude, I got to say, you know, when I was following relatively closely in 01, but I was still like, I don't know, maybe 10 years old at that point. Like, I, yeah. I don't remember. I don't. I was upset at myself for this first off. So I'll admit that. Hand up. I didn't remember how they lost in the tournament. I didn't remember how they exited. And I Brian went back Scalabrini. and watched and it was Scal's USC. I, I just got yeah. like re upset because I'm sure yeah. in the moment I watched and was pissed and all that. But then over the years, I just kind of blurred that part out. And I just remember mm-hmm. that team is the Big East champs and Troy Bell and watching that video back the uh, the tournament footage of the second round game against USC. What the hell were they doing at the end of that game? They're Do down by. Ha- Three points, and they go. Do you know for who did that? Do you know who, who did, did that? that? It was Ryan Sydney who got kicked off the team like two years later. Do you oh, remember him? God, I do remember the name, but not like super closely. The hell is he doing? I was I, watching it back. It's know. like I was watching it like live, even though it was twenty-two years later. And yeah. he's they're down three, and it's like, all right, here we go. Six seconds, five, four, and he goes for a layup. I'm he like, drove to the heck? cup. Yeah, he drove to the cup. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And there was someone open for three. I couldn't get. I mean, the the footage was pretty grainy, but that number twenty one. Uh, I forget what his name was, honestly. Yeah, but it was that a Kenny something. I forget what his name was. I know. He was wide open. BC had a stretch there from like the mid nineties to the mid thousands, where the second round is where they always were like, all right, we're out of here. Like we're not we're not gonna make it to the Sweet Sixteen. They had a lot of second round exits. I'm looking at it now. And Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Milwaukee was the worst. I know one that of one sucked. And like a 10 or 11 season stretch, they lost in the second round of the tournament uh, six times. So it was it was pretty clear that they were good enough to get there and to beat yeah. whatever the yeah. 12, 13, 14 C, but then that's about it. It's got to get back to the tournament, man. The tournament is so much fun. And when BC is in, when they're in it, like, when, I know, when, it. B, when BC would be in the tournament, I would just be flipping the birds to everybody. Like, you, yeah. you're disrespecting BC. They're going to yeah. get farther than you think. Yep. And isn't that what made 006 hurt so much more? Because all your friends were telling you, like, nah, they're going to lose to Nova. They're going to lose to Nova. They're going to lose to yeah. Nova. And I'm like, no, shut up. They're going to beat Nova. They're going to beat yeah. Nova, and they're going to prove to the nation that they deserve to be in the Elite Eight. And they should have beat Nova. They should have beat, beat them. The worst, though, I think that one of the worst things about that game was it was like, Rand- I think it was Randy Foy. It was one of them. Remember, they had those four guards. They had that yeah. small ball lineup, and yeah. the team was one stacked. of them just went on. Yeah, they were nasty. It was like Randy Foy and a couple, a couple of the lottery picks on that team. That that dude, Alan Ray, who got his eye popped out. I know. Yeah. What a what a bizarre thing. Um, yeah, Kyle Lowry. I mean, he was he was one of the top guys on that yep. team. Yep. So the fact that he's still hanging around is kind of hilarious. But but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, they get the win against Tech, and then. Yeah, maybe I flip it to four and three. If you can beat Tech, then it four and three is way more doable if you get this road win. Yeah, I would love to see it. So what, who knows? When you when you headed out to spring training. I'm not going this year. I'm not gonna go to spring training. Uh oh, you're last not? year last year with Odyssey, they just like covered the trip. 
which by the way is like four thousand dollars like if if you're actually gonna like fly there stay there for enough time to get interviews um any of the other expenses renting a car it's just so expensive and i, I was pumped that we were able to do it last year it was a lot of fun but yeah. at the same time it's like it's just not i don't know if it was quite worth like bang for your buck it really wasn't quite worth it um i would honestly rather invest invest that money into like a one of the interleague games of a place they haven't played in a while, you know? Yeah. So we'll probably be going to Wrigley or San Diego. Um, you know, one of these, one of these road series and doing a lot of content there. I think that would have more value because everyone's going to be at spring training. And it's like all the reporters and the writers, they tweet the same videos from like 80 feet away of Kenley Jansen doing long toss. And it's like, I don't care. Like this doesn't, yeah, it's never done anything for me. So, um, if you're on the road, though, that's, Sandia, yeah, it's, I, I wish it was in the summer. Um, I think it's in May, but kind of have to be there. It just feels like that's one I just gotta mm-hmm. gotta be at. So, and San Diego is like my favorite place in the country. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully one of those trips. But I'm just excited. Only a week away from pitchers and catchers. Pretty pumped. It, I feel like uh, nature's hailing at this point. I know. Once once you get to pitchers and catchers, you're you're basically back. Yeah, you're basically back to not hating your life. <laughs> yes, the serotonin levels just instantly start going up. I know. And luckily, we haven't had catchers. To... Yeah, I was gonna say you're not shoveling, but like we haven't really had to shovel, but not no. Good, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good to see the guys back out there, and it's it's a new team, right? It's gonna be a lot of new yeah. faces, more new faces than I can ever remember. New fa- new faces for the Red Sox. We're gonna have AC- ACC tournament BC. Oof. It's it's gonna be a great March. It's going to be nice. World Baseball Classic. I mean, March is loaded. Let's go. I forgot about that. I know. Legal mobile betting and, and mass. I know. March is stacked, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Pete's me perk like, up yeah. right there? Gambling. Pete's like, yes, yes. BC oh, Georgia Tech. How about it? Yeah, BC, BC Georgia Tech. Tech. Are you kidding me? Dude, I was, I was about to... You all know what's crazy? And I was tr- trying to type up a tweet like, oh, if you're a better, you should take BC Moneyline today because plus it was like plus 650. And the uh, like if you were to go plus 650 Moneyline against it tech? was plus 650. Wow. Let's yeah, it was go. it was it was nuts. So 625. Sorry, 625. No, still. that's still absurd. But yeah, all the same, right? And I don't know why, but the, the kept saying Twitter kept saying you cannot send this tweet. You can't send this tweet. Like, and I was like, what the hell? And so I logged onto my laptop, tried to do it, and it said, you reached the maximum number of tweets. So I'm like, that's weird. I feel like I sent like four tweets today. And then maximum's 2,500. So I got I was, I was, got ripped out of a good tweet today. Oh, that's tough. Fire that shit out tomorrow, buddy. No, you, I mean, after the game. Yeah, after played, they win, tweet it out. Yo, take yeah. BC over tech. <laughs> yeah, I would have told you this yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I got a guaranteed winner. I gar- I'm going to start I doing gar- that. Ca- Captain hindsight. What you should have done yesterday betting was this. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee you people will 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 read that tweet because they'll be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. All right, Brett, for you, uh, if I can get it out tomorrow, I'll be like, you should take uh, BC Moneyline against BT. I promise you this BC one's going to cash out. You got to take it. <laughs> like, what are you Send your bets about? to me. <laughs> yeah, here's my Venmo. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll see, dude. Halftime? We got we to gotta watch the second half, right? That's I good. know. For sure. Yes. All right. So to wrap it back up, we got seven games left. Uh, Steve, what's your f- 
final win prediction. Give give it to me straight. It's changed during this podcast. I'm I'm going four and three. My awesome. my final win prediction, record prediction for the rest of the season is four and three. They win in the first round of the ACC tournament, and then they shock whoever. Not shock, but upset a Duke, a UNC, or a Syracuse. One of those teams. That's going on the graphic. Pete? Three and four, and I have a similar. (laughs) (laughs) Staying consistent. Uh, But, yeah, no, I think that they could have a chance uh, to win the second round game. Um, So I'd love to see it. You know where I fall. I've been on the four and three side. uh, So – I'm going to stay on that side of the fence and have a great time and relish in these last seven games and really see how they finish the year. I'm excited. And for me, make make some room on that four and three. I'm on. I'm Let's on. go. We're rolling. Four and three squad. We're Let's rolling. do this. We're I mean, all they, if they, hey, you get that tech win, you just got to go three and three. Is it that hard? Just go three and three. Play 500 ball. Come on. It's not Let's that get hard. a win down, win down in uh, Florida State. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah, get Wake it. Forest, whatever. They don't have Chris Paul anymore. Let's do this. Virginia at home. Come on. Yeah, Come that's on. a cakewalk. <laughs> Come on. Bunch of scrubs. Tony Bennett. He's a bum. Here we go. They just play they just play defense. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> that's what we do. We can play defense better than you. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for hopping on as a first guest ever on the show. That <laughs> Yeah, you know, I know for your show it's what three three to be in the ITM Hall of Fame. Yep, yeah, it's three You're, appearances. Yeah, you you are you are in the BC Banter Hall of Fame. First, Let's go first, first ballot. You're you're in. I am um, honored. <laughs> so for me, uh, that's that's all I got. And uh, go Eagles! Really? Awesome. awesome, good stuff. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I don't know what you've been told.